Welcome, everybody, to Thurgan the Freak. My name is the Glorious League Freak. This is episode 214 and have a super, super special guest. It is Nadine. How are you, Nadine? I'm good, Freaky. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, we put out a thing on Twitter last week asking if people wanted uh, pre round previews and they said yes overwhelmingly it was good to finally put out a poll where it was an overwhelming decision people made instead of being indecisive pricks so we're going to get stuck into it this week hey great to hear let's do it so well first of all we're going to talk about the sponsor okay yes so if you go to manscaped.com and you put in our exclusive code from Fergon the Freak, which is NRL, you'll get 20% off of all of your orders. You will also get free shipping. I highly recommend the Lawnmower 3.0. If you want to get match ready, this is what you've got to get, fellas. You've got to get the Lawnmower 3.0. So just go on there, put it in your cart, make sure you put in the code NRL, get 20% off, get your free shipping, they're shipped from Australia. They're also shipped, if you're in the UK, they ship from the UK. They're also in Canada as well for all our Canadian and North American listeners. So it's not like they have to send it across the world. They've got them in the individual places. So, um, yeah, go on there, manscaped.com, put in the code NRL and get 20% off. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. It is really, really good. So round 13 of the National Rugby League and, at, I mean, Nadine, our team just is kind of dominating this competition. It's Everyone's just playing for second place at this point, eh? Oh, absolutely. They've uh, been flying high, and uh, this week's matchup will be interesting. But what I took away from last week in particular was really up until that game, everybody, it was, you know, Penrith or lucky. It's, mm. you know, or other teams haven't performed uh, as expected, we, you know, there's an element of truth there, particularly I think with um, the Roosters in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but I think a comprehensive victory over a team like Melbourne, uh, sorry, Manly, whilst a little bit injury depleted, you know, they're a bit of a grinding side and they do know how to to nab, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat from time to time. Mm-hmm. But having that be so comprehensive, um, more so than the win against the Sharks, given they let less points in so it was a better defensive effort yeah um it had a lot of experts uh using that term loosely uh (laughs) really changing their tune this week with regards to the actual premiership credentials of the team so i think they're actually getting the kudos they deserve um and what they're showing more so than a lot of other teams who have got quite a number of injuries is the depth that they actually have Mm. um across the park every position and even the ability for people uh, to switch positions um, if need be, you know, mid-flight and not miss a beat. Yeah, it's, it's like this is one of the years where our depth is really, like we've had it from time to time over the years, but this year it's like, oh, it's finally working for us at the right time too. It's not when we're like in 14th place or something ridiculous and you're like, oh, it's cool, we've got depth for injuries. Um <laughs> All right, so let's get stuck into it. So on Thursday night, we have a blockbuster between the Dragons and the Roosters. There's lots of talk about Kyle Flanagan being dropped for this game. Some people are losing their minds. Uh, you you are actually telling me you think this is a fantastic idea. I love it. I think he's completely overrated and yeah. really do believe that if he was in a underperforming team, mm-hmm. um, or, or a team that is struggling and, and doesn't necessarily have the forward pack uh, mm. that he currently plays behind now, or the halves partner that he has in Luke Keary, um, I don't think that he gets the praise that is heaped upon him. So mm. um, I actually really like that Robinson's also come out and said, no, I dropped him. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not not resting. It's you know not an injury. There's no smokes and mirrors here. He he's just not been up to scratch. So. Yeah. I love the inclusion of um, Lockie Lamb into the team, and mm-hmm. I actually think that will give Kiri more of an ability to to run the show. So, um, interestingly, you know, obviously it'll be on the flip side. It'll be interesting to see how St George Illawarra go with having to move Ben Hunt back into the halves. Um, you know, 
of just McInnes wasn't firing there early on, but mm. in a head-to-head matchup, McInnes is far superior to friend. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, you know, obviously the forwards need to be doing their jobs as well um, to to be able to see that. Yeah, and it's like uh, like there was a lot of people saying how the Roosters rotate their squad. Um, I don't remember them doing that too much. I know they've pulled like some of their their forwards out of the squad from time to time, um, but they, they, I think the Roosters, like a lot of people are saying, oh, they're going to win the comp and stuff, and I just I don't see it. I really don't see it. I think that they're um, they're in about the right place that they belong on the ladder. They've got all of those injuries with their forwards. I don't think Sonny Bill Williams is going to fix up their team too much. And when you're naming like a winger like Ryan Hall in your side, I mean, your squad isn't that good. No, that's exactly right. I actually, looking at their lineup right now, I mean, you're seeing some names there, but it feels like a weak squad. Mm. And I don't know if that's weak compared to what we're used to seeing or weak compared to what to what we're seeing from other uh, other teams. Mm. Um, I mean, any team, though, that's got Tedesco, he's obviously a game-breaker, and it, it doesn't take much for him to turn a game on its head. But mm-hmm. the same can be said for Dufty, and Dufty's obviously proven that week in, week out, and certainly since St. George has seen a bit of a resurgence in recent weeks. Yeah. I, hang on, I think I might be getting that delivery. Fuck. Hang on, just give me a second. I can edit this out. <laughs> just just give me a moment. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. No, yeah. that's all right. I, I was also getting a delivery. Oh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, yeah, seriously. That's fucking creepy. My doorbell got stuck and it just kept going off. So I was like running out here with my phone on mute to turn oh. the doorbell off. <laughs> it's all right. We'll just we can just uh we can we can uh edit it, you know what I mean? Just, just edit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. Wow. Oh my god. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> I'm creeped out by that. Jesus. I knew it would happen. I was expecting something. I knew it would come whilst I was on this call. Yeah, so did I. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> they come later on in the afternoon, but I bet they're fucking early today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, we might edit it so that people hear that we got a, a, a bloody a parcels at the same time. It's like, geez. So strange. I know. It's like, can you just chill adult shop, all right? Far <laughs> out. Okay. Now, back back to the footy. Um, back to the footy. Yes. I... I agree with you. I think that obviously Tedesco's class and obviously they've got the grand final um, credentials. There's no doubt about that. Two-time defending champions. But, yeah, I I agree with you. I look at their squad and it looks very beatable, especially after all the injuries they've had. And I I just don't get how I can watch a game on TV and they will praise the Roosters crazily like they're unbeaten and then they lose the game. Yeah. You know, or they just win it against a, a so-so team. So um, in saying that, they're sitting fourth on the ladder. They're doing what they've got to do. And I, I always have felt for the Roosters that it's not about the regular season for them. It's just get to the finals and let's uh, use the experience and, and they know they can get the job done. Yeah. Um, now for the, the Dragons, they have lost Corey Norman, I believe. Yes. Um, they've dropped Adam Clo- uh, No, Adam Clune is back into the team, as is Trent Marin. Yeah. Um, they've been playing a little bit better. Matt Dufty has, has been pretty good. He's in, been informed, but it's still the Dragons, and they probably should get smacked in this one. I'm actually thinking it's going to be a lot closer than that. I think oh, really? in some of my tipping comps where this is the margin game, I've only got the Roosters winning by four to eight. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I can just see that Sir George will could frustrate the Roosters and and mm. frustrate them to a point where they they're their own worst enemies. Um, yeah, you know you can. There's obviously some weaknesses there with um, Ikevalu and Hall on the wings, mm. um, and I can just see that you know trying to push that pass uh, mm. could prove too much. Mm. So I, I'm expecting it to be a little bit closer than. Um, than a blowout, 
I mean, and, and based on recent form as well, in terms of the Roosters, where there's been a few recent games where everyone had them uh, as, you know, short priced 13 plus, and they've had to really grind it out. Mm, yeah. Okay. See, I, I've, I've just got a thing against the Dragons. I've, I wrote them off so early in the season where there's a few teams like that where I'm like, oh, yeah, this will be a blowout, and, and they're one of those teams. Yeah. Um, Friday evening, 6 p.m., we have the Manly Seagulls taking on what's left of the New Zealand Warriors. Um, the Warriors lost Blake Green during the week. He decided that he didn't want to stick around and he wanted to go up the highway to play for Newcastle, which I think will be, you know, not the worst move for the for the New Zealand Warriors. I think Green is highly overrated. Um, Chanel Harris defeated Tavita comes in and it'll be good to see him get footy for the rest of the year. I don't know why they kept screwing around with his position. They take on the Manly Seagulls, who were absolutely trounced by the Panthers, mm-hmm. but the Seagulls should bounce back against against the Warriors this week. Yeah, I would think so as well. Um, looking at both the squads, I totally agree with uh, Harris Tavita and, and your comments there. I mean, he was a shining light even at the back end of last year. And the fact mm. he's been in and out and up and down more than a yo-yo, you know, does nothing for his development as a player. But he's clearly been a better option um, mm. in terms of long term for the club as well. So um, I think Green also going to um, the Knights is actually, a, you know, a win-win situation right around. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the inclusion of Cade Cust. Uh, in the Manly side, and I think he's very underrated as a half and would really love to see him get more game time moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, still some injury concerns, even with those players named. You know, like Sirenen's really struggling mm. um, with the way he went underneath him last week. Yeah, that was scary. That was yeah. like, man, if – and like he's back in this week, but – if your knee can do that, you're carrying something that could end your career, I reckon, at any point. Yeah, I mean, look, and it kind of leads you to think, you look at all of the forwards, but I look at that back row in particular, of you know, Thompson, Sirin and Tobojevic, and they all have the same mentality and, you know, that real workhorse, you know, team first mentality, obviously really led by Jake in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously some of that coming out, I suppose, with Sirin and desire to just, you know, put me on the field, coach, I'll do the job for you kind of approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he, for me, the weakest positions for both teams are the nine. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they all come out of that. I'd like to see Cherry Evans probably ducking in and, and playing a, a hooking role a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and giving Cust the opportunity to, to really drive some of the play. Cause I think Cherry Evans offers more um, ducking in and, you know, in and out of that, hooking and half spot than mm-hmm. Levi offers yeah you know, and it's just a full-time hooker it's so weird like a, a few weeks ago I was talking about how good Cherry Evans is and how he's underrated and I think I might have killed his career because he's not <laughs> played well since then <laughs> and of course he was in that that game where I, I put money on the, getting the entire round right and I was like oh Manly versus the Dragons easy and yeah Cherry Evans had that game and it's still sitting with me. I didn't think it would, but I'm yeah. still holding that grudge. Yeah. Cosmic. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about the Warriors. It's pretty valiant, you know, what yeah. they're doing. And two of us, Ashek, has come out and, you know, said this week, you know, he's obviously dealing with a lot of stuff and the fact that, you know, his baby was only six months old when they came over here and is now nine months old and, you know, he's missing a lot of those early milestones that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants to to see, you know, and I think that just highlights exactly what they're all giving up. Um, yeah. I heard some really interesting things during the week as well about the infectiousness, um, pardon the pun given the current situation, mm-hmm. of um, Jack Hetherington in the squad and what, you know, the enthusiasm that he's bringing and how that's rubbing off on the rest of the team and particularly that forward pack. So. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where the benefit of these loans, you know, is coming to the fore. You know, these guys are getting game time that they wouldn't be getting right now. Um, But, you know, you've got guys like, you know, Jack Hetherington, um, who 
are also just loving the fact that they can play um, and, you know, giving, I suppose, these guys who are probably from day to day ebbing and flowing in terms of their emotional stability, um, you know, a, a little bit of a lift. So um, I've been really impressed with his uh, his offerings so far. Yeah, he's been good. And, like, it's interesting to see a player leave your club on loan and you're just happy for him. You're happy about the whole situation. He's getting game time. He's he's proving to be a very good player. Um, and, and the weird thing about the Warriors is the more players that they, they're losing out of their side for whatever reason, they're going home or whatever, the better they, they're actually playing. So, mm. you know, that's a, a little bit of a weird situation. But I like I, we both, I'm guessing, are tipping the Seagulls to win that one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Seagulls, probably 1-12, to 12, I think, would be fair. Yeah, I would agree. Although it is at Lotto Land. I mean, but it's 6 o'clock. No one will be there. <laughs> Why would that be any different from any other day in Manly? <laughs> you know? They're all so big. It's like, can you imagine being a Manly fan? It's like, do I want COVID or asbestos? Yeah. Uh, um, so next game is the one that, uh, Anthony Seabold is in a straight jacket over right now. It's the <laughs> Rabbitohs, the eighth place Rabbitohs taken on the Brisbane Broncos. And the one thing about this game is that Anthony Seabold is not even thinking about Wayne Bennett at all. Not no, at all. Not inside his head whatsoever. No, no, he doesn't even mention him, you know? No. Um, you know, what let, you let me ask you, what yeah. are your thoughts over the last couple of weeks where you've had club greats, you know, even even Seabold himself coming out saying, oh, you know, two weeks ago, you know, they played for 40 minutes, you know, yay, job well done. And then last week it was, oh, well, you know, they were in it for 70 minutes. What are your thoughts on that kind of mentality in regards to praise, I suppose? Yeah, I, I don't understand it because, like, there is talent at the Broncos. And the, the thing I found really weird is that former Broncos players that are in the media talking about the club, they either love to absolutely savage the club, like, and, and the Broncos, yeah, they're having a bad season. But every team's had a bad season. But apparently the Broncos are different, just ask them. And so they either launch into the club or they actually say, you know what? I know they're all the way down the bottom of the ladder, but they're not that bad, really. And it's like, it's just such a weird situation. And I think it must be because it's a one-team, one-town sort of, uh, you know, what else can you do? They've got to create the content somewhere. Um, mm. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of, like, they oh, they played one good half of football. It's like, well, congratulations. You, you win nothing if you play one good half of footy. Um the the thing about it is I think Seabold is completely clueless as a coach and you don't often see that. Um, he seems to have no answers. He's a passenger in the, that organisation and obviously like remember about a month ago he said, listen, if it gets to the point where I think I need to stand down, I'll stand down and they won't have to pay me pay me out. And then the next mm. week, he's like, well, I've got a contract. I've got a contract. And he's yeah. not going to stand down. It's like, you fucking snake. Why would you say that if you weren't <laughs> going to do it? So um, they've got a number of players coming back this week. They've got Brody Croft. Uh, I, David Fafida might be back, but he was supposed to be back last week. Um, well, Matt, he's named, uh, he's named uh, you know, on the in the starting lineup. Yeah, so, like, I hope he's back. I love watching him play. Um, and uh, Mr. Parole is back in the side as well up front. <laughs> and they've uh, dumped uh, Anthony Milford, which, you know. I'm that surprised. is a great call. Well, he needed to kick up the ass. But the thing is, like, I, I, I'm with Anthony Seabold. I think the problem with the Broncos is their wingers. Oh, no. Not, not all, not both of them. Oh, or just keep dropping wingers. Eventually, they'll win games. <laughs> that seems to be his plan. Um, for the, the bonus, problem is that yeah, I mean, on. as with any team, sorry, as with any team, and saw this with Panthers last year in particular. Mm. If your forwards are not laying the platform, nobody mm. else in the team can can do anything. You might have flashes of individual brilliance here and there from a winger or a fullback who does something freakish, or you know, there's an intercept, something against the run of play. But if you are not consistently 
burning through the middle and, and up the field and having those forwards lay the platform, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you've got running the show. You're never going to get anywhere. So, you know, Payne Haas, David Fafida, Pangai Jr., they really need to aim up this week. Mm. Um, easier said than done against, you know, Burgess, Sewer and Sirenen, obviously. But, you know, in terms of size, they should monster them. But, yeah. you know, on paper, that's what should happen. It's just whether the desire is there. And I just don't know whether they've got the desire. Yeah, and I, I also think that they – they, there's times where they look okay in attack, but it seems to be individuals. It never looks like the whole team is going well in attack on a certain set. Like there'll be a set where you'll be like, wow, Payne Haas looks like steamroller. And then the next set you'll be like, wow, Payne Guy Jr., you know, steamroller. But they're not doing it all at the same time. It's kind of weird. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, it's, they're, they're a frustrating team to watch. Like even as a... Mm. You know, obviously I'm not a Broncos supporter, but God, they frustrate me to watch them. So I don't know how Broncos supporters are surviving this season. No, neither do I. And <laughs> like, I I think that the you know I look at the some of the class players in the Rabbitohs team, they could put the cleaners through the Broncos if they hook things up. And they've done it a couple of times this year where they everything just seems to work for the Rabbitohs. Um, and I feel like this could be one of the those games mm. where that just everything falls into place. And man, I can't wait to see Anthony Seabold in the press conference. If that happens, <laughs> it'll be just brilliant. Yes, bring out the dogs. <laughs> yes. So speaking of speaking of dogs, Storm versus Bulldogs, three p.m. Saturday afternoon. Um, what can you say about the Bulldogs? They're playing better under Steve Georgialis, but they're probably going to get absolutely whipped in this game. I know Pappenhausen is out for the uh, Melbourne Storm, as is Cameron Smith, but, you know, it's the Melbourne Storm. Where they'll probably, they lose nothing, though, do they, really? Yeah, yeah. it's like we'll all be saying, oh, where, what are they going to do with that Cameron Smith in there? Well, I put Brandon Smith in, and they'll probably name some 19-year-old from central Queensland that we don't even know yet, and he's probably going to rip it up and be the next Australian captain. So that seems to be how that works down there in Melbourne, eh? Yeah, well, obviously um, they've named um, some unknown at fullback. Um, Nico Haynes. Yeah, Oh, yeah, I don't know anything about Nico he's Haynes. Played, he's made t- played two games. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see um, how he goes, especially given, you know, some of the extended bench options. So it's clearly in favour with uh, with Bellamy getting the, the nod there. Um, yeah, Melbourne lose nothing. I mean, Brandon Smith's obviously a very different style of hooker compared to Cameron Smith. Mm. Um uh, Munster, I think, will just have a field day. I can see Munster chipping over the line for himself mm-hmm. or for, you know, Addo Carr just consistently through this match. Anytime try scorer on Munster, he's always pretty good for that. Oh, that's just money for jam, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Like, Watini Zelezniak, um, mm-hmm. when he yeah, left like the Panthers me. last year, I was blown up about it, but – Seeing how he's playing this year for the Bulldogs, like you've got to wonder what's happened to him, eh? Yeah, well, remember when he left and he threw his toys out of the cot because he wanted to play fullback and mm-hmm. Ivan was, you know, adamant, no, you know, Dylan Edwards is our fullback, you know, so take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, all right, well, screw you and left mm-hmm. to now play wing and not play wing very well. So yeah. um, he, he really is having a form slump, you know, call it what it is. But, you know, yeah, what is happening there? You're right. There, there's, I don't know whether there's something else at play, whether he's just, you know, the same problems as, as what was at Penrith. You know, I want to play fullback and, and not on the wing. But, I mean, last week was, I mean, look, that play, the ball was just symptomatic of <laughs> I think everything that's wrong in the world right now. But um <laughs> that and, was and the I did when he play the ball, eh? Yeah. Well and then I said what I need to see is a side by side of Moses slipping over kicking that conversion from the week before <laughs> yeah. and Dallin playing the ball the wrong way. Because right there are the two images that sums up twenty twenty. Yeah. I, um I tell you what, 
if someone can make that video, I, that will replace my uh, my Katoni uh, Stag video. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be probably a thrashing. Poor old Bulldogs, but they, as I said, they are playing better under Steve George Arliss, and that's yeah. nice to see. It, it's got. I like to see Steve George Arliss getting some accolades because he's taken over. An absolutely thankless job. He's going to get zero reward for it. He's done that twice now. He did it at the Panthers as well. And both times he's now, he's, when he's taken over, both those teams went better. Yes, agreed. So, you know, and I think in a, in a different situation to the Bulldogs, where the, uh, sorry, to the Broncos, mm. where they just have star players lined up, you know, right across the park and particularly in that forward pack. The Bulldogs, you know, they've got them littered in there, but they're just, they're grinders, they're hard mm. workers. You think about Aidan Tolman, you know, he's just a, a get in there, no nonsense kind of guy, probably shouldn't have made that decision last week to take the tap instead of giving the ball to, you know, to kick for goal. But they're a team of grinders, and I think that's why they get away with, you know, or people are happy to say, you know, they're an effort team. And I know we've been saying that all year. There is reward for effort at the moment, though, coming out of that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's now, you know, they can see the writings on the wall that, you know, there's going to be a new coach coming in and they're all trying to, you know, give themselves the best possibility to stay in the squad under a new coach, whoever mm-hmm. that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or whether it's George Arliss has got them firing or a combination of, of all of those things, um, I'm I'm pleased to see that they are digging in yeah. and not kind of, you know, rolling over and just letting teams walk all over them. Yeah, like the uh, Titans did at the end of last year when their coach got sacked. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the uh, Saturday evening, 5.30pm, we've got the seventh place Knights taking on the 10th placed West Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Tigers, they've lost Alex Twall. They've lost Harry Grant, which is a massive out for them. Mm. Um, and then for the Knights, their notable omissions, Bradman Best, who is going to be out for the majority of the rest of the season. Um, they think they'd get him back for the finals, though. And um, Moga is also out. But they get – the Knights are going to have Blake Green playing alongside Mitchell Pearce in this game, which will be interesting to see. And for the West Tigers, they've put Moses Mbai in at hooker. And me and Andrew were talking about that move last night, and it mm. ended up being a half-hour conversation about how terrible the West Tigers have been over the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> we fell back into that last night. But this one, it feels like I, I've been waiting for the West Tigers to get properly smacked, and I think this could be the game for them, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I think this has got – slugfest written all over it oh, really? I can see yeah I can see just a dour tussle mm-hmm. and I say that because um again the number nines I mean number nine for the Newcastle Knights at the moment seems to be cursed but yep. you know so you've got people paying nine who that is not their preferred position by any stretch mm. you know so they're, they're going to have to manufacture things which puts a lot more pressure on your halves I really don't rate Luke Brooks, um, despite the fact he was named halfback of the year, you know, last year or the year before. I don't know what happened with the voting there, but clearly mm-hmm. people were concussed when they were casting <laughs> their votes um, because he's terrible. But um, what I think Marshall will absolutely need to take ownership, and I actually think Blake Green should step in uh, and be a bit more commanding. I know it's his first game probably be a bit more difficult, but he's got the ability, I think, to really steady Mitchell Pierce. And mm-hmm. I know we've spoken before, and it's certainly been said on the podcast before, that Pierce goes missing in those tight games and those big games. And mm-hmm. at the moment, Ponga is expected to be able to do everything, you know, a la Jared Hayne in 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. um, you know, just get the ball to Ponga and, and hope that he can produce something. And the you know opposition teams are now just aiming up on Ponga, and I think having Blake Green there will give them that extra option. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, kind of drag Pierce, um, you know, through a little bit easier. But yeah, I'm not expecting a blowout by any stretch. Yeah. So I I just think that uh, I think the 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 loss of Harry Grant is going to be 
pretty big for the Tigers. He, he's so good at a dummy half. And I don't know, I, I feel as though after a couple of weeks where the Knights haven't looked great, I think that they've they've probably got a, a fair rocket from the coach over the last few weeks. I think that they're just due one of those games where they come out and they they look like world beaters, um, especially up there at home in Newcastle. Mm. It, like, you know, the, I don't know what the weather's going to be, but if it's a nice warm day up there. Mm. Well, know, they're predicting it's... rain across most of New South Wales oh, from right. Friday. So. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I think the only reason I'm leading towards more of a, a tight game is being Blake Green's first game in. And I, yeah. gr- I agree with everything that you've just said about the kind of due. Yeah. Um, I actually think next week will be the game where that could happen. And, you know, that, you know, that's against the Sea Eagles. So, yeah. that, you know, they're going to be rehashing the 97 grand final crap all over again. <laughs> um, it's at McDonald Jones Stadium. So I think that's the game that the Knights will be primed to to probably turn it on. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully that uh, – wouldn't it be cool to see that game just descend into like a, a brawl? <laughs> and then everybody gets suspended. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so now the big match of the round. It's the soon-to-be minor premier Penrith <laughs> Panthers, the 2020 grand final winners, versus the Canberra Raiders, a team whose so, uh, soul we own from 1991. Yes, and they're still salty about it. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Like, And I never, ever bring up the fact that their 1990 team was over the salary cap by miles. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we own their soul. and so that, humble about that. Yeah, well, look, it's it's just a historical fact. I didn't make it up. It's a fact. So, um, <laughs> look, what can you say about the Panthers? It's Unfortunately, we're going to be without the greatest try scorer in the history of rugby league in Charlie Staines. He's... Mm. He's out. Apparently, he um, he tripped over some kryptonite during the last <laughs> round. So that was unfortunate. But this is going to be an interesting game because the Raiders, I feel as though, haven't been all that good this year, but they've still had the quality to get by and win some games. I think they're lower down the ladder than most people expected, including myself. Um, uh, this is going to be a test for the Panthers, but it's a game I expect them to win. And if they win this one, there's not too many hurdles. This It's really the only team I'd like to see him beat is Parramatta Eels. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that um, – I think the class of Cleary will get them – and Coruscant. I mean – I know everyone has said it, by of the year, mm-hmm. by the length of the straight Api He has fundamentally shifted mm-hmm. how the Panthers play. And, um, you know, going back to what I said, you know, um, a little while ago about having a, a forward pack that actually gives you the go forward, that obviously comes off your dummy half um, play. And that's Coruscant, you know, every day of the week. And even when he was injured, um you know, seeing how Mitch Kenny played, mm-hmm. totally different to how Mitch Kenny played last season. Mm-hmm. And that is obviously Coruscant rubbing off on him and yeah. just giving him some pointers about, you know, just the nuances of how to play out of that dummy half role and get, you know, get the, the go forward going. Um, you know, Panthers don't lose anything by, you know, um, Malachi Latene Zelezniak comes in. He was great last Last time he had to step in, scored his first um, first try in first grade, which was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Stephen Crichton is just oh. a freak every day of the week. Um, when you look at the matchups, um, you know, if I was putting together the game plan, I am putting everything down to Naden yeah. um, and Mansell's wing against Croker and Rapana. Yeah. Um, and then occasionally, you know, throw something back in against Curtis Scott because he's useless. Yeah, so I think in terms of your centre pairings, you know, Naden, Croker, Crichton, Scott, you know, Panthers own that uh, every day of the week. Um, interesting to see how Havili goes this week. He's been a bit, a bit slow mm-hmm. uh, out of that dummy half position as well. But Again, you know, Bateman will be better for the run last week. Um, be interesting to see how he comes back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the danger man for for Canberra, but they've got Nickel Clockstad back this week too. Yeah, from that terrible finger injury, he's come yeah. back very quickly. Considered, like when I saw that injury, I wondered if his finger was missing. That's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, I saw some footage of the um that he shared on Twitter, and I think NRL Physio retweeted it. But um, of the stitches, it looks horrific. I don't even yeah. know how he's playing this week. But anyway, um, uh, in terms of bench rotation, uh, Panthers is far, um, far superior. Yeah. Um, and Harry Wirinaira actually, again, same as Bateman, will be better for the run last week. And that'll be an interesting matchup, um, obviously, given that, you know, he's got quite a good relationship with a lot of those Panthers players um, as well. So just give the ball to kick out and let him run wild. Yeah, I'm hoping that they let him play more in the centre of the field. That They're not using him right. I, I think early on in the season, they were getting away with it a little bit because teams um, hadn't really planned that well for it. But now they've planned well for it as the season's gone on. And I just feel as though they need to change it up because the last six weeks, I just feel as though he's uh, like when you've got to do that big, it, most of his game shouldn't be running as a decoy. It mm. should be being a destroyer of worlds. And, uh, you know, they, they need to get him way more ball. i tell you one player that I think – is not getting the accolades he deserves in this Panthers side is Liam Martin. It, it seems as though whenever the Panthers, so they get on a bit of a roll. And just when you would normally have a hit up where you don't get much out of it, Liam Martin comes through like a, a, a steamroller and mm-hmm. just fights for every single inch that he gets out of the the opposition. And it, he's just so good in that role. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of back to that Jake Taboyevich style, just roll the sleeves up, no nonsense, give mm. me the ball and I'll, I'll get it done. Isaiah, you're very much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, he's finally starting to get some of the accolades he deserves, um, mm. you know, and going back to that versatility, you know, if something happens, you push him out to centre and you lose nothing. So, mm. um, yeah, super versatile right across the park in terms of their jobs. I get the feeling with Kikau, though, that, Ivan has purposely pulled back mm. in terms of using him. I think that they were probably overplaying their hand when it mm. came to using Kikau and it was, you know, giving the ball and, and let him go crazy. Mm. Um, there was a game a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember against which team it was, and Kikau came around and ran a line on the right-hand side of the field and everyone went nuts for it yeah. because they weren't expecting it. Yeah. And that's what I think they need to give him more mm-hmm. license to do. Actually roam wherever the hell he likes mm. instead of that, you know, corridor, um, you know, inside Naden um, and Mansell and just, yeah, give him free reign. Let him go. Yeah, I agree. And, and because he, you have to put more than one defender on him because it doesn't matter if it's a prop you're putting on him, that he's going to overpower them. Um, he's probably right up there near Jason Talmalolo in terms of how strong he is. And, yeah, like, I mean, you could have a set where he just roams around in the background and just watch the opposition defence freaking out and pointing at him and, and losing their shit because you have to put a couple of defenders on him. The other thing I like about the Panthers this year is, like, and this was mentioned by one of the commentators last week, I think it was on Fox Sports, you never get a drop-off in their forwards at the moment because their bench players, like Ted Ivano was a good signing, and he's not a superstar or anything, but he just he just keeps it going. He just There's mm-hmm. no drop-off at all. And it's like as a unit with that bench unit as well, man, the Panthers forwards, uh, they're a nightmare to play against because it is 80 minutes of non-stop. Agreed, yeah. Yeah solid right across the park and there's not a lot of teams you would say that about this season no no so we're both tipping the panthers in that one um two o'clock on sunday afternoon we've got the 14th placed titans playing the 13th placed cowboys for the battle of the best teams in queensland well i am tipping the titans on this one yeah I think I've seen enough out of them in the last couple of weeks to, yeah, I think they'll they'll be up for this game as well, you know, um, being a, a Queensland 
Derby as such. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a feeling I've got that I think they'll they'll get the job done. So you know, North Queensland have been underwhelming. You know, you've got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they really do rely a lot on individual brilliance from mm-hmm. either Taumalolo or Tabawai Fido to you know even Kyle Felt um, to get some of their uh, wins happening, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, they're not offering a lot. So um, the only issue with the Gold Coast Titans is Ash Taylor. I mean, yeah. If he's if he's not on, you know, forget it. So done, yeah. yeah. It's I, I th- this is I mean it's fourteen versus thirteen, so it's it's a close one. I'm I'm probably leaning towards the Cowboys. They've got Captain Morgan back, which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. See how he goes. He's been out for a long time, though, so um, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, but yeah, it's if he wasn't back, I would probably lean towards the Titans. The Titans been building a little bit. They're not building to anything special, but they're at least not getting smacked as much as they used to. Um, and there's a couple of their players that are in decent form. Brian Kelly's in good form at the moment. Uh, Anthony Don's another one. So, but it, this is a flip of the coin game, I think. Um, and, you know, when if, if you said to me, you know, why, why the Cowboys, I'm kind of like you. It's just a little bit of a feeling. I, I haven't really got more than that for this game. should be interesting to watch anyway. Um, so we go into the last game of the round, and it is the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus the team will probably beat in the grand final, the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um my head says Parramatta should win this, but mm. in a similar vein to the Roosters, I think they've um, perform, underperformed relative to how they have been performing overall this season in the last yeah. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it was you know well documented this week that Brad Arthur had to ask them if they even wanted to sing the team's song after last week's very scrappy win, mm-hmm. um, which I just think really – do you not just celebrate no matter how you won? Um, yeah. You know, look at Stephen Bradbury. He still celebrated and everyone fell over in front of him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be – it's got the ability to be a really good tussle. Um, I really hate both teams, so I, I kind of don't care who wins, um, to be fair. You know what? You don't have to give a, a, a result. I don't care. Yeah. Who gives a shit? That's the I end think of the it podcast. Will be, I think it will be Parramatta. My head says Parramatta, purely based on where the teams are on the ladder. That yeah. That is it. That's my only reasoning for giving that. Do I care who wins? No. Actually, no. If I want Penrith to have a bigger lead, then I want Cronulla to win. Let's go with that. Well... The Cronulla Sharks have Matt Moylan back, so I hope Parramatta wins by about 60 or 70. That would be nice. <laughs> um, I, but I agree with you. I think Parramatta has been out of form for probably a good three weeks now. Um, the quality sides can be out of form and still win games, which is good mm-hmm. for Parramatta. But, yeah, I, I feel as though they need a little bit of a kick up the backside to get back to where they were like a month or so ago where they looked like the class of the competition and now that is very firmly in the Panthers' possession. Um, it's going to be an interesting contest just to see. Like the I, the Sharks being in sixth place is like some sort of minor miracle in my opinion. Mm. Um, and that they're only three places behind the Eels is is kind of weird when you think about it. So I, I have a feeling that the Eels might put one on the Sharks because um, the Sharks are a little bit of bully boys of the competition. They go well against the teams that are terrible. And, uh, you know, I, I expect the Eels to really show them where the difference in class is for this game. Yeah, when you look at the teams, you know, Wade Graham, I think, is the X factor mm-hmm. um, for the Sharks. Yeah. As well as uh, Blake Braley. He's got the ability to really crack something open out of dummy half. And I think if the Sharks were to win, it would be off the back of those two in particular. Mm -hmm. I also expect Aaron Woods to get through a lot of cuddles um, in this game, (laughs) especially on Junior Paula. I think that he's going to lovingly cuddle him as the third man in quite a lot. Quite a lot. That's his specialty. In fact, I'd like to see Aaron Woods cuddle Reagan Campbell-Gillard. (laughs) 
Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, just the visuals of that, you know, it's just <laughs> – anyway. Um, so that's the round. That is round – what is it, round 13 now? Round we're up 13. To? Round 13. We're starting to get through the season. Um, it's going to be an interesting round of football. Obviously, the Saturday night game is the one you and me – really, it's the only game that matters when we beat the Raiders. Um, and so, yeah, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a uh, a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a while. We need to get you on more often, hey? I know. Sadly, I think I'm one of the few people who, through the pandemic, my work has increased, not decreased. No. Jeez. So... <laughs> it's like... It eludes me. <laughs> to, to be fair, it has been you and Andrew. Andrew is like, I think that he is shoveling gold coins somewhere during the pandemic so um although i'm clearly faring better given that you know he is now in a state that is declared itself in disaster and you know you know we can't have nice things because of them yeah um it's but i I do feel for them that would be um a terrible situation to be in particularly Mm. being curfew i mean that's horrendous just to even think about that so um yeah Shout out to Andrew. I, I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah, shout, shout out, Andrew. If if you'd like to come on the podcast one day too, Andrew, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I love teasing him about that. Um, so, yeah, great having you on the podcast. We'll get you on. We're going to get you on with Katie as well. We'll try and do it in a, in a night time when he's going to have a little bit of a, a Chardonnay or something. That would be good. <laughs> well, I've actually stopped drinking, so. Oh, really? Yeah, not oh. COVID-related, just health-related. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So getting through COVID without drinking, there's the challenge. <laughs> yeah, that is a challenge. I have I have not had a really hard drinking session for a long time, but every so often I'll break out some beer. There was one night where me and Andrew uh, were going to do a history episode and I jumped on and I think I didn't even – he didn't even need to say it, but Andrew knew. It was like – you know, League Freak is not doing a history episode like this. <laughs> so, oh dear. Yeah, that was a good one. But um, but yeah, we'll get you and Katie on together, and we'll we'll try and uh, make some magic happen out of that. Um, and yeah, and listen, listen, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. It means the My absolute, pleasure. It, it seriously, it means the world to us. Um, like I, I can't even put it into words. It's like. Um, I can't believe anybody supports me on Patreon, to be honest with you. And so when people started jumping on board, I was like, I got really emotional about it. It was, it was kind of weird. I'll just show, you know, that people are sick of mainstream media. Mm. I use that term loosely. And mm. the hyperbole that gets spewed out, you know, by them and just the, the constant yeah, patting on the back and and, and self-interest and, and all mm. of that. So, you know, certainly what I've noticed in the last six months in particular, mm-hmm. um, and particularly obviously we had the pandemic and the main broadcasters were scrambling for content, um, just the rise of independent news sources. And, mm. you know, yes, it's, it's the same news, but it's reported differently, you know, or factually. Um, and without sensationalism. And I think that that is something that at the moment when we're already surrounded by enough sensationalism, um, you know, just getting the hard facts as it as they are and, and none of the fluff around it, um, you know, the off-field stuff, which, you know, I know both you and Andrew are well and truly on the record about not covering. Mm. Um, people really like that and that's, mm. that's what people want to go back to. Rather yeah. than you know this constant cesspool of self love. Yeah. Although we are about self love here. Like. Well, you know, it's fine. You can do it <laughs> on your own podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh it is interesting to see how the pandemic has changed people's expectations, and it's with that gap between uh the the mainstream media and what the independents are doing, and the independent like outlets are producing better quality and they're going more in that direction. Whereas the mainstream media, it's like they're just in a race to the bottom. It's really weird. It's it's disgusting. It really is. And it, it, I just, I find myself getting angry at the TV now. Mm, same. 
Same so here. I just either stop watching or I you know, put it on mute or whatever. But um, no, I think what you guys are doing is, you know, is absolutely what is needed. Um, mm. And I hope that, you know, the NRL and New South Wales Rugby League and Country Rugby League and, you know, all the, all the you know, relevant industry bodies actually start recognising that there is a place and a need for, you know, those independent media outlets and sources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I've got to say, like, I can't think of any – that we've we've had people that have been involved in the NRL, obviously, that have been more than welcome – well, more than willing to come on. So we have yet to get a no, which is really cool. Mm. Um, and – it's it's interesting, and we like the guests we get on. We get a lot of people that we like to talk with, obviously, but uh, like we've sort of aimed for our guests a bit differently to a lot of other podcasts have, and in some cases we've lucked out. Like we've, uh, you know, we, we'll talk to Casey Badger when all of a sudden there's a big, you know, thing about referees, or mm. you know, we talked to Alan Pierce, and it just so happened to be at a time when concussions were very big in in. Uh, the news cycle and so we've locked out lucked out a couple of times but we've been really really lucky for guests mm. and hopefully it continues and and uh we can keep giving everyone a podcast they can enjoy on their yeah. drives to and from work or when they're sitting at home with their feet up eating pulled pork sandwiches i know that's what you're doing nadine <laughs> i know you just sit there all day watching waiting for bold and the beautiful to come on at four foot thirty i know your plan <laughs> I record it and watch it later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) All I know is that Brooke Taylor, she's a slut. It's not Brooke Taylor. It is Brooke Taylor. No, it's not. It's Brooke Forrester. You're getting two characters mixed up. There was Brooke and Taylor, and they both love Ridge. Oh, no. Hang on. No, yeah, you're right. Is her name Brooke Logan? No, I am right. Her name's Brooke Logan. Correct. Not uh, not that I watch it or know anything that we're talking about, okay? <laughs> no, not at all. got to also watch that, Steph. You just happened to see it on a magazine in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know what I was looking at, you know? I was like, fuck, man. Can't believe Spectre is still going at Forrester Creations. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh man, that's so bur- true. My man, <laughs> you just revealed oh. far more about yourself I did. I did. than um, I think people would care to know. I revealed more than I'm going to reveal right now that our sponsor, Manscaped, has a lawnmower 3.0. You've got to try it out, okay? I'm telling you, it is brilliant. Go there. Put in the code NRL at manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off. You'll get free shipping. You will love it. Trust me on that. It is brilliant. Thank you so much, Nadine, for coming on the podcast. You're, You're an welcome. absolute legend. You're <laughs> always welcome on here anytime. And we will see everyone very soon. <laughs>